0: Welcome to episode 57 of the Cigar Snob podcast. I am Nick Jimenez. I'm joined by Eric Calvino. Hello. And Ivan Ocampo. Good day. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be uh, smoking something from my father. Stay tuned to find out what that is. We will also be talking about some recent travel that Eric did. We'll be talking about non alcoholic beverages, something we don't talk about a whole lot on we're the podcast. Or, or do, right? Very true. Uh, and uh, yeah. and also we'll be talking about our, our plans to bring back dinosaurs. All that and more on uh, this episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. But
1: before we get into that, a word from our episode sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger Lavencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclan and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Alano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to The Victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoky experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. This episode's
0: featured cigar is the My Father 10th Anniversary Limited Edition 2018. Uh, I, I don't know whether I said all those things in the right order. I think that I've seen them kind of mixed up. I'm pretty sure it's My Father Limited Edition 10th Anniversary 2018. I you got it right, yeah. Um, so country of origin. This is from Nicaragua, from uh, my father's Esteli factory. It's got an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper and binder and filler from Nicaragua. As I believe all their anniversary stuff does, this features uh, Pelo de Oro in the uh, in the blend. So uh, this particular cigar is a 6.5 by 52. Uh, I didn't find uh, like a, an MSRP from my father. I, th- I think it's like 20 to 25 bucks in that Wheelhouse? Did uh, I don't? But I'm not sure.
2: You know, I don't know. It was, uh, you know, it was gifted um, on my last visit there. Uh, yeah. like last week. But or I, I'd I say week before last.
0: Yeah, but I, I think it's in that range. Either way, I mean, this is a special product. You figure, yeah, a you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, a my father limited edition. Um,
2: it's. What do you say, my father? Like that?
0: Because I every time I think of the my father name, I remember uh, Jaime. Yeah. Explaining to me that I figured uh, that's where you, yeah. you you got that that my father Connecticut was my father con Connecticut yeah and <laughs> so, you can
2: see that video it's on YouTube yeah right
0: yeah so that was uh, that's my favorite blend explanation to date is Jaime my father Connecticut my father con Connecticut <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um so yeah right out of the gate uh, for me this is uh, I don't want to say super spicy but that, that is the thing that that comes up like right up front right it's 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 definitely uh a spice that's uh right out of the gate
2: there um yeah i i I agree but it uh on the positive side it does balance off with a ton of creaminess uh, of at least for me oh and i wasn't even saying it as a negative but yeah 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 Um, but i mean in, in terms of uh the very positives about this cigar i think are the balance of yeah you're gonna get some spice you're gonna get some pepper but then it's going to be balanced out by some crazy amount of uh, creaminess and and sweetness. So, not sweet like candy, sweet more like a, like a tanned leather sweetness. I know that that sounds weird, but. Um. I, I'll, I'll make a pairing recommendation because I'm doing it now. Uh, before you
0: smoke this cigar, eat a Biscoff airplane cookie. Ooh, pretty good. One of those Delta slash Biscoff airplane cookies? Yeah, yeah, we awesome. have those. Uh...
3: Yeah, where'd you find it? Was it in your backpack?
0: No, it was under the microwave over here. Oh, yeah, cool, nice. yeah. We have and we I'm have a, a we fan. keep a stockpile of Biscoffs. Or you it, know, now that we're yeah, on we the Biscoff topic,
2: does uh, uh, anyone else ever noticed how the Biscoff that you buy at the supermarket doesn't taste exactly the same as the Biscoff you get on a flight? Mm. I mean, I I mean, I just I just came off of. Four consecutive American Airlines flights where I was given nothing but biscoff so well, uh,
3: is that the same uh difference when you buy a hot dog at a baseball game they always taste better than the ones that you eat may, on the street
2: maybe but they're also bigger I, I just I think they're made in a different plant I think that the ones that you get on the airplane are maybe they come from Belgium and then these that you buy at the supermarket are maybe made like in
3: North Carolina And you're hungry as shit, and you don't want to pull out your credit card to buy one of those snack packs.
0: Yeah. You're thinking how much better this free Biscoff is than a $12 ham sandwich. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Could be. Maybe. (laughs) Okay. Shout
0: out. (laughs) Um Ivan, but anyway, on back the cigar? to the cigar though, yeah. Yeah, so I've, you've you've been at it longer than the rest of us because you you decided jumped, jumped gun. I jumped the gun. I yeah. love my uh,
3: my father products, uh, and I did get a lot of red pepper uh, when I first lit it up. But like all my father products, it's very complex. And you're right, it does balance out. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see how it way, progresses. The
2: smoke, the smoke is like thick, heavy smoke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. Also the the rapper is a is a, a beautiful rapper but also the the packaging I, I don't generally you know make a thing of commenting on packaging in these things but yeah I think my father is one of those companies for me it's like them and fuente are the two companies that do like really this Gaudy has bad, but like really or like opulent, yeah, ornate yeah. looking things well without it feeling corny and cheap. And it feels very much like their own. It's not like they're, yeah, they like don't they're look like everything anyone. else. Yeah, yeah, Did you
3: notice the footband that has a uh, 2018 uh, and the My Father insignia yeah. printed on it? Are, are footbands usually printed on? Rarely, right? Rarely, right? Yeah. Because I looked at it and I was like, well, I've never noticed any of these. Printed. So, this one was. No, okay, you're just right. adding to the normally overall. It's just like a, a, yeah,
2: a little look. red silk sure. footband, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. What you're talking about is a, a silk. Right? right? This is a. a yeah, sometimes foot. like a
0: paper footband will be printed.
2: Somehow, of course, but yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. what he's talking about is silk footbands that are normally not printed on. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, uh, we will come back to the cigar
2: a little later. Uh, before we get into do, a work. Do you remember? Sorry to interrupt do you. Yeah. Do you remember the. I think it was a DirecTV commercial, that was the German, uh, the Russian. Russian guy with the opulence. Yeah, I has it. I has yeah. it. Like that, that uh, printed on that gold printed footband, makes me think of opulence. I has it. Yeah. Well,
3: my father has an Opulencia. They do have a brand oh, called well, La that's Opulencia. Right. Yeah. So, I guess that's where they, that came they from. Had, they has it. I <laughs> would, I would
0: love to see a my father ad for La Opulencia that just says we has it.
3: We has it. Yeah.
0: There would be like six of us that would get it, but that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. People would remember that. People would remember. Um, so in past episodes we have uh given you guys little updates on the cigar snob lechong challenge, first annual. Uh that's coming up in November. You can get more information at lechongchallenge.com. That's L E C H O N challenge.com Quick cliffs notes recap and then Eric I'll, I'll ask you for uh for updates on, on what details are new, but we're going to have five cigar makers competing in a whole hog cookoff off uh, for charity. That'll be at the Intercontinental in downtown Miami. Uh, how many tickets are being made available? 300 tickets. So 300 tickets, there will be...
2: And they're about half gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's based. I mean, all you really need to know is that there will be pork, booze, and cigars. Like, if that's not. And and a lot of each. (laughs) And a lot of each. So, if that's not something you're into, get out of here. Stop listening to it. You're not our kind of listener anyway. Uh, But we've got uh, Arturo Fuente, Oliva, Villiger, Espinosa, and AJ Fernandez will be cooking pig. So, uh, Eric, what are some of the new details that we have on on this event that people may want to be
2: aware of? Well, before I get to the, the new detail, uh, yesterday I visited, uh, I was with Felix Mesa, who, as we know, is uh, of El Galang Cigars and, and manages uh, Fuente's uh, Nicaragua factory. And he was trash talking. It was awesome. Oh, shit. He, was, uh, he and his brother were talking about how they will be practicing this weekend. So he wanted to know what size or what size hog? Oh man, uh, was for the competition so that they could practice this weekend. So by the way, it is a seventy pound hog in case anyone's interested in practicing on their own. But uh, but yeah, he was, you know, it, it was crazy. He was calling Charlie and they were trash talking. He was like, you don't know what's coming. It was a good time listening to these guys get all jacked up about who's going to win, uh, who's going to win the the Lechon challenge. And then while I was. Not to jump the gun on another topic, but while I was on my travels, people kept asking me about it. Who do you guys think is, outside of Miami, who everyone thinks is going to win? I mean, it was almost to a man. Everyone that said, hey, we're going to that Lechon Challenge. What are the companies? And then I would give them the five people roasting pigs. Who do you think everyone said would win? I'm going to guess Espinoza. Nah, you are 100% Right. (laughs) It was, to a man, everyone said, oh, Espinosa's got it. Yeah. And then one guy said, uh, I know he's going to win, because even if he doesn't win, what he's going to tell me is that he won. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) Some kind of, if he doesn't win, it will only have been like some weird backroom deal. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, I I like that that all this trash talking is, uh, is taking place behind the scenes on this Lechon Challenge. But anyway, the new detail is that uh, the Intercontinental has blocked a uh, uh, an allotment of rooms for us, and so a room that is normally about two hundred and seventy dollars a night, we're getting it at one seventy nine a night. So this is a uh, this is a very good hotel, downtown Miami, overlooking Biscayne Bay, and you're getting it at one seventy nine a night. So it's a super um, deal. It's a great deal. I mean, one seventy nine a night to stay at the Intercontinental. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and eat all this hog and do all that stuff. Smoke all those cigars. So uh, to get that uh, that room block, you have to follow the link that is on uh, lechongchallenge.com. When you go to that website, it'll take you straight into the ticketing thing. And in the description, there will be a link to the Intercontinental. When you follow that link, it already has the, the code in there. So get on it. Uh, yeah, those tickets, uh, I mean, seriously, with, with more than a month left and half the tickets gone... Uh, you know how Miami people are. At the end is when they all start yep. going crazy. So uh, if you don't want to miss it, then uh, I would get on it. Get on it now. So again, that's lechongchallenge.com. Uh, you can
0: probably also find links on, if you happen to forget it, just look for Cigar Snob Mag on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and they are going to be links to all that stuff. So All that jazz. All that jazz. All that porky, porky jazz. Um, next up in our show notes, I didn't see... This happened, but I am aware that Drew Brees is now, uh, what is it, all-time passing yards record holder? That is correct. So did you guys see the game?
2: I did. I watched the first half. Uh, I was wanting to watch him uh, break the record. Yeah. He only needed like 201 yards to break the record or something like that. And uh, and so, yeah, I wanted to watch it. My kids wanted to watch it. So we, uh, and my wife, so we were all watching it when the guy uh, threw the, the record-breaking the record breaking Touchdown pass, which is pretty awesome. So, what did you think about that, Ivan?
3: Uh, Drew Brees uh, is an amazing talent. Uh, the guy's like five eleven. He's gonna go down. I think. As... Yeah, that, that may be generous. Yeah. So he's five eleven. He's been one of the best QBs to ever play. well I mean, he's passing. Passing yards leader, of course. Yeah, and he's
2: gonna break a couple more.
3: Dolphins had a chance to get him twice. <laughs> <laughs> could have drafted him, didn't? Did, could have picked did, him up as a free agent. Didn't, didn't. do it. Uh, he's one of those guys, you know, that you're always going to remember and tell everybody that you watch him play. So we're lucky enough to see him. So that's that's great. He's yeah. also one of
0: those like nice guys in sport. Like, yeah, it's a good. One guy. of yeah, the more yeah. likable characters in pro sports, I think.
3: And he's won the fantasy my fantasy league for the last two years for me. So yeah, oh,
0: yeah. special place in your Yeah, special place in his
3: pocket, in my bank account. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> So did you see the? So I know you didn't watch it, Nick. But did you see the uh, Peyton Manning video? Yes, no. it was a the pic- response.
3: Was it a picture of him? No, and it, Drew. No, what? it's a,
2: no, it's a video of him. Like he's making like a salad in his house oh. or something while watching the game. Yeah, and uh, and then so he records this whole this whole bit about like he, he sounds like he's bitter about uh, breaking it. There. He's like. Uh, You know, I've had that record for the last thousand days, and and they've been the best thousand days of my life, and now you took that from me, and it was really, really well done. So uh, check that out. I don't know if you've got the audio for that, but...
3: I gotta tell you, it's been the greatest thousand days of my life, and thanks to you, that's over now, and you've ruined that for me. So thank you very much. I have nothing left to look forward to except... Slicing my tomatoes, making dinner for my family, putting together this wedge salad.
0: This is not in our show notes, but I feel like in terms of news and sports, I may be the only one who actually watched all of this, but a thing that people are talking about is that UFC fight. Uh, By the time people are listening to this, it's old news that Khabib won. A bunch of other stuff happened on the card and then Khabib jumped out into the stands after uh, yeah. Dylan Dennis, who is uh, McGregor's jujitsu jitsu coach, and he's also himself an MMA fighter. But I'm interested. So, like, this is – if MMA quickly became, like, my number two sport that I'll go out of my way to watch. Before, it was like I was a basketball fan, and it was like, yeah, if, if I'm in the same room as a good NFL game, I'll watch it. Like, I'll go out of my way to watch, like, major playoff games, but – UFC has, like, sucked me in thoroughly, which I don't think is the case with the two of you. No. So I'm curious to know what... I was an early adopter, but then then let it go. So I'm curious to know what that event... Because at this point, some of the story is now, like, what impact does that have on people's perception of the sport? And whether that has uh, a negative impact. So I'm curious to know how you guys perceive the news that came out of it as sort of, like, casual,
2: I-didn't-go-out-of-my-way-to-watch-this-fight observers. Uh well for me I think that when stuff like that happens it kind of takes me down the path of like WWE you know it's like the the spectacle is is more important than the actual fight and, and I know that th- we're not there right I mean it's still the fight is still the thing right 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 but then when there's when they start doing all this all this stuff ahead of the fight and there's all this talk and he's promoting products before the fight. And then the fight is over, and then now there's more fight. And it, it, just, it becomes too much of a show. Right. But, uh, but that's not why I don't watch it. I mean, I really, I've lost interest in it. I, yep. I used to love it when I was younger. But I just lost
3: interest. The sport needs good personalities. McGregor's a great personality. I mean, there was Kimbo for a while, right? Uh, he definitely,
0: like... Yeah, there was, like, a, a pop culture element. Like, Kimbo was never serious. Right, right, right. But, but there uh, was
3: yeah. definitely, yeah, with the whole uh, backyard f- yeah, he yeah. yeah, street um, like, fighting viral, viral video thing stuff. With the MMA thing. So, watching the post-fight theatrics in the uh, Khabib-McGregor fight, I kind of enjoyed it. Because it looked like a real, like, street fight happening. Uh, yeah, that's like a real beef. That's yeah, not yeah, like yeah, a made-up it, Yeah, it didn't look staged at all. So... Looking forward, I mean, there's there has to be like a a rematch, no?
0: Well, supposedly, so I was actually I'm about halfway through it, but on uh on Joe Rogan's podcast, he had McGregor's uh, coach and his uh, nutrition guy on for an interview, and they were talking about that McGregor immediately after the fight was already screaming about a rematch. Whether that fight is made or not, who knows? Also, you know, it, some of this has the element of the of like Khabib after. The uh, After the Mayweather fight, you know, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, so McGregor after the Mayweather fight, he made $100 million, and the speculation is, like, will he come back at all? Khabib is kind of in the same place. He's been fighting since he was a kid, and I think he they withheld his purse, so maybe that has an impact too. I don't know whether he's ever going to see this money, but he so far has not gotten the $2 million he was supposed to get from this fight.
3: I guess it has to be written in where if you jump – well, out out of saying. the ring, I mean, you can. If yeah, he does get those two million your, dollars, your,
0: though, this guy, you know, McGregor's from million Ireland. Million. He's from a, a place with a certain standard of living. Hold on, K- two
3: million dollars. Yeah, is that what he got paid? Or it was, was that's it was what it was, was
0: two had. for Khabib and three for McGregor. That's it. Yeah, these guys don't make boxing money.
3: Oh God, I had no idea. I thought but, it was
0: way more because of the pay per view. No. Well, and that was part of the thing, right? Like McGregor had no need for this money. He still doesn't. He, he he's set. Yeah, but. In Khabib's case, if he gets that purse, he's like on some Russian Dagestan mountainside somewhere wrestling goats and bears and shit. Two million dollars goes a long way there, as compared to say Dublin, and he's been fighting for a we, while. We need a Borat soundbite <laughs> here I am somewhere. number two or three wrestler in the whole of Dagestan. <laughs> Why do you? Well, yeah, you just asked for it. We don't it need a soundboard here. Get out of here. Uh, so anyway. Um, I will because this wasn't in the show notes. I don't want to spend more time on it. Uh, but I will say, if you haven't, if you didn't watch that fight, I would go back. And one overlooked fight was Derek Lewis's win over Volkov, and we we all saw this clip. But by far the best thing that happened the whole night was Derek Lewis taking off his shorts at the end of his fight. Joe Rogan asking him why he'd taken him off, and him telling him,
3: "I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls was hot. I understand."
0: So good reason. That's so, pretty great. That's the best post-fight interview. Sound line. bite, best yeah. soundbite awesome. ever. Awesome, awesome. my awesome. balls was hot. So uh, before we move on to other things that make our balls hot, uh, a <laughs> word. Of, I don't know how that's the case, but I liked the sound of it. Uh, a word from our sponsor for this episode: El Galang Cigars. El Galang Cigars. We were just talking about Felix Mesa. Uh, aside from being headed by one of the apparently cockiest pig roasters in the game. Uh, has announced a new brand called Vegas del Purial. Uh, the upcoming release of Vegas del Purial uh, was announced not too long ago. I believe that it ships in October. It, it's, it's out. It's yeah. been shipped. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and, uh, so that's out there. Got a 92
2: in the rating this issue.
0: This is a new addition to the company's portfolio, which already includes brands you know, like the uh, El Cor El Galang line, along with Doña Nieves and extensions of both of those brands. Vegas del Purial is an homage to El Galang founder Félix Mesa's paternal grandparents, Felipe and Caridad Mesa, who grew tobacco in the Cuban province of Las Villas as well uh, and is also an homage to their farm. So the cigar is made at El Galang's Ateli factory and features an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers, and a new hybrid tobacco called FFMC96 for the binder. It'll be available in four Vitolas, a 5x54, sorry, a 5x54, 50 Robusto, 5.5 by 52 Bellicoso, a 7 by 38 Lancero, and a 6 and 3 quarters by 52 Super Toro. The cigars will range in price from $890 to $10. So check them out. Go to elgalangcigars.com or find them on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at El Galang Cigars. That's E-L-G-A-L-A-N Cigars. El Galang cigars, El Galang cigars, El Galang cigars.
2: Talk about El Galang cigars. Oh
0: baby! All right, so uh, Eric, did the French laundry make your balls hot? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is a hell of a question for such a fine evening. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was pretty awesome. Well, so... well that
0: was a that was a. Uh...
2: It was a... Uh, I enjoyed the segue, but I didn't
0: do much to let people know what we're even talking about. Yes. So yeah, let us know uh, what you've been up to, Eric.
2: Where you've been? So I was in uh, I was in Yontville, uh out in uh, the Napa Valley, and visited Thomas Keller's The French Laundry. Ah, lovely. Yes. Three Michelin star French Laundry. Uh, I was actually invited there by Davidoff uh, and Patron Tequila. Uh, so that was a uh, Beautiful evening. So uh Chef Keller is you know, I spent time with him. Uh oh, interviewed him.
3: You're on uh that type
2: of name basis Chef, for them. Chef Keller. I think everyone there calls him <laughs> Chef Keller. I didn't go Tommy. I didn't call him Tommy. That, Tommy no, that boy would be incredibly yeah, no. Douchey to do D that. Bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no man, what a what a great dude. He uh I, I spent time with him I was supposed to have fifteen minutes. Uh, to interview him, and we ended up talking for like thirty some odd minutes. Uh, they had to come in and go, hey, uh, you want to let other people interview this dude? Because <laughs> we were no. just
3: yapping, massage parlor style. Not, not quite, not <laughs> quite,
2: not quite. But, uh, but nah, good dude, man, really good dude, and amazing. Like his team is. Uh, I've never, I've never been in a restaurant where everything is so orchestrated and beautifully done. Uh, one neat thing was there they have the the kitchen at the French Laundry has a, has a camera with a TV under it and per se in New York, his other fine dining establishment has a, has a camera in their kitchen and a TV facing this one. So, wow. so it was pretty cool that uh, you, I, I stood in front of there in front of the camera, there waving over at the guys in New York. So that was, I was pretty neat as they were cleaning up, they were finishing up their, uh, their dinner service. So, uh, but the food was amazing. Uh, The cigars, well, the whole purpose we were there was uh, the launch of the Davidoff Chef's Edition, which Chef Keller had a a hand in. I was impressed by how much, how into it he was. He was super into the whole uh, cigar making process. Uh, He could speak intelligently about everything. One thing that really blew my mind was how eloquent he was when describing uh, the flavors, the textures the experiences, the strength, the body, all those components of a cigar, incredibly eloquent in in describing it. It it wasn't like, you know, like you ask someone what they think about a cigar and they tell you, oh, yeah, you know, I I like it. It's smooth, you know, maybe got a little pepper or something, (laughs) you know. And uh, this guy is like, he's giving you like textures and he's talking about uh, nuances in the cigar that you agree with. It's not like it. It's very intelligent uh, analysis of a cigar for a guy who is not in the business. He sounds like he's in the business. So he's in the flavor business. He is in the flavor business, man. That guy. That guy's the real deal.
3: What did he? So, uh, what did he pair uh, the cigars with? Food wise.
2: So we we started off with a a Patron cocktail that I want to I, I want to do here mm-hmm. for a perfect pairing. And it was just it was a simple, it was a simple cocktail with uh, with like the classic. It was just a, a very it was just to start the night, and even that I mean it's a very it's a mild cigar, with little in the way of body, and yet it just paired so beautifully with this tequila cocktail. Uh, and then with dinner we we had a choice of even though there was several courses, but um, but we had the late hour. And we had uh Davidoff, Nicaragua to choose from uh with like a lamb uh so so we had that and then uh for dessert we had the the launch of the Davidoff chefs edition and so that was uh that was just it was an awesome night i mean the my table was great group of people um uh, so you get to you get to meet you get to meet fans of keller and fans of Davidoff kind of mixed in together uh so it was just a beautiful night and again i i want to i want to thank the the crew over at davidoff rich and lana for uh for setting that up for me that was just an outrageous night
3: bucket list shit right there
2: it was it was and really to spend one-on-one time with him yeah it was awesome awesome to just have a, a normal conversation with him yeah. uh when uh when recording started joe the guy doing the actual sound uh he goes okay you guys mind like uh you know speak into your mic and tell me what you had for breakfast this morning. And so this is not anything that's going to show up anywhere Th- he's just using it to test sound. And so he's like, "Oh, well, uh this morning I had uh I had leftover like leftover prime rib I, I seared it again and put it on wow. top of two poached eggs and you're like, "What? Uh, what?
3: I had a protein bar." <laughs> and that's exactly what I said. So after he finishes
2: his long uh discourse on what he had just made for breakfast, uh, I was like, I had hotel oatmeal, and I was lucky enough to find a couple blueberries to drop in there. <laughs> had he's, a waffle like, iron. he's like, he's uh, like, was it like instant oatmeal or or did you? No, oh, no, it was it was instant hotel oatmeal. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but he was never uh, never a pain about yeah, yeah, yeah. about the crazy life that the guy lives. So, very cool, man. Very very good time. Very great ex- uh, just a, an incredible experience.
0: So that wasn't the end of your Napa
2: experience or no, what you tasted over there. No, it was not. There was more tasting. So, uh so then I spent the the next couple of days visiting uh wineries with my friend Brian Chinnock of Chinnock Cellars. Um so we got to we we took a tour before going to the wineries. We took a tour of all the areas Which, and, that had and, burned down. And, and by the way, sorry to
0: interrupt, but Chinook Cellars, for those who don't know, also has uh, cigar brands. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. So uh, what the brands are there's Terroir. Uh, Terroir,
2: Pressoir, Cremois. Right. I think those are the three that. A lot of was. A lot of was. A lot of was. But, uh, and, and the cigars are great. They're made out of Titan de also here in Miami, in Little Havana.
3: Titan yeah. de Bronze.
2: Titan de Bronze for the rest of the country. Sorry. True. Very, very good catch. Uh, so Brian took us around to some of his uh, friends' wineries and and that was just incredible to walk in with this dude because he knows everybody there. And so the treatment that we got was incredible, man. We went to uh, Chapelet uh, up on Pritchard Hill, which for readers of the magazine, they recognized Chapelet because we, we had him in our uh, Five to Try uh, last year or so. And everything about Chapelet that we wrote about back then, uh, thanks to Pablo from Total Wine, Man, it was all just hammered home when I was there. We got there at 10 o'clock in the morning. And it was like the dew was just still kind of hanging in the air. And it's up on this hill. It's like a magical place, man. And if you ever get to do Napa, ideally do it during harvest. Because that's when there's there's still fruit on the vine. And they're actually crushing the grapes. And they're doing all the the, the, the wine is being produced at that time. And so there's like a buzz. Everything is moving, and so you're walking through as these guys are are making this wine. So that was that was a blast. So it was Chapelet, uh, Davis, Titus, um, and then uh, I also and then the next day we went to B Cellars, which was just mind blowing as well in terms of the wine itself. It maybe the best Cab I've ever had. Wow! At uh, B Cellars, hands down.
3: Do you have just, any Merlot?
2: I did, man. I did. Brian Sting at Chinook Cellars. His big thing is Merlot, and it's incredible. And, and so he told me a little bit about like how much how much that movie affected him because oh, really? there's nothing wrong with no, Merlot. Of it just happens not. to be a line not. in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for people who don't know anything about it, they right. think oh, Merlot is crap.
3: Yeah,
2: but no, no Merlot. Of course
3: not. Of course not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so. So anyway uh so he has some stories and I think we're gonna have him on the podcast uh very soon. He's coming to visit miami, and um we'll have him tell us that story cool, so yeah, thank you to uh to obviously to brian and and to all the wineries that took us in and uh I thanked them by buying a shit ton of wine, <laughs> so we will have a lot of it here in the office One of the best things about wine is the alcohol
0: yes sir. But we had, uh, you had a little bit of a social media exchange with someone who I assume is some kind of a reader or a listener or something. Uh, and he had uh, an interesting inquiry that he wanted our feedback on. So tell us about that uh, about that Twitter exchange.
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, a couple days back, uh gentleman, Patrick McKenna, on Twitter. I, you could say someone's name if it's on Twitter, right? Like it's a Twitter exchange. It's totally public. Yeah. So... Patrick J. McKen 4 just randomly uh, tweeted, Cigar Snob, can you think of an of a non-alcoholic drink to go with the thirst that cigars can bring on? So thirsty. Which I, I thought was was an odd way to phrase that. Yeah. And and an odd question. So so I just replied with thirst? Question mark? <laughs> and so and he replied with yes. It's again, and I guess my lack of response, uh, yeah, okay, well, let me give this guy some more. So he said, sometimes smoking cigars makes my mouth dry. So now I'll read the whole thing and then we'll talk about it, right? So I told him, you may want to try different cigars. Certain tobaccos dry your mouth while others activate your salivary glands. It's the job of the blender to find the perfect balance. But to answer your first question, I like iced coffee with cigars. So, you know, listen, the way you phrased that, I right. I don't think made a whole lot of sense, but... Yeah, uh, and any
3: liquid would but, would yeah, remove point, the parchness. Water? You- <laughs> water would be one.
2: <laughs> uh, Coca-Cola? But I gave him iced coffee because I like iced coffee. So he said, that could work, but are there others? And then, I guess, my lack of response again prompted him to say something... And he replied with, ask around. But <laughs> <And laughs> here we are. And so.
0: Asking around. So now we're asking around. So, Ivan, any favorite non alcoholic beverages other than iced coffee for when you
2: have the thirst that is brought on <laughs> the
0: by thirst. cigars?
3: Uh, we do a lot of espresso around here.
2: Yeah, but he wanted, uh, you know, it, it sounded like thirst was the issue, right? Because he says thirst. Thirst,
3: yeah. Espresso gets you. So. Thirstier.
2: Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I, I went with iced coffee. Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, if you're that thirsty, you're going to need some electrolytes. So I have a, you,
0: I have a recommendation that I just tried yesterday and that is connected to what will be my recommendation and the parting recommendations.
2: Mm.
0: Keelan tea, which is a charcoal roasted oolong tea. Wow. Oh, shit. About halfway, halfway between Hong Kong and Shanghai. Uh,
2: oh, oh. Can you bring some of this in? We need to, uh, we need I, to test it. So, well, this okay. cigar is very mouth-watering, so that, that won't work.
3: My mouth very dry.
2: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: All right. So- we're going to gloss right over that.
3: You know what else you could do? You put a Boveda pack in your mouth. Yeah, should pack in
1: your mouth, bam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, should, we should do like a, a spoof ad campaign, kind of like those black and white testimonials from the cigar makers, but it's just all of us with Boveda packs in our mouth. When when my mouth, when I get the thirst that is brought on by Oh,
3: me. that's a great business idea. Like Boveda like snuff where you Boveda. like put like under your <laughs> like under tongue. Your yeah, yeah, right there. <laughs>
0: So, uh, so yeah, tea, and it is a uh, a particular variety of oolong. Uh, yeah, particular variety of oolong, and uh, I love me some oolong. Love that oolong, uh, oolong a long time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we'll we'll get into that, and I I do think that the thing that I am going to recommend at the end of the podcast, we should uh, we should find one of those days where we're a little slower here in the office
2: and go go try some of this tea. So did you get this tea from that buddy of yours that has the ho-ho, yeah. The ho-ho. The ho-ho tea. Ho-ho tea. So, That's uh, a great
0: name. So yeah, we'll we'll get back into that. Uh, I always but,
2: thought ho-hos were just like uh, mm, donuts or it uh, was like hostess cakes. I would love for there to be a uh, ho-ho and ho-ho.
0: All right. To be fair, his the, the name is Jojo, but Spanish- you know J's or or English
2: hs, yes,
0: so ho is fun, but it is it's Jojo T, uh, but we'll get into that in the parting recommendations, but that is my recommendation now. I uh, and just for the sake of offering something that's a little easier to find, um, I do every once in a while, I work from coffee shops, and like to justify my presence, there it isn't I, always like being with us, not always. But to justify my presence in a coffee shop, I, you know, you want to buy a lot of coffee, and if you buy, you can't be like drinking big glasses of milk all day. Almond milk and cigars
2: is Ooh. actually pretty Ooh. awesome. That what do you mean, dude? Terrible. Chocolate almond milk is awesome. That sounds
0: terrible. And like the nuttiness of the almond milk uh, goes dude. nicely with cigars. I don't know so, what's wrong I, with this guy? Yeah. Don't do that, guys. And es- Stay and, away. and aside from that, espresso, like Drink you're gonna bourbon. get through pretty quick, you know. So or bourbon. I don't. I wouldn't <laughs> pick the bourbon over the almond milk ten times out of ten. I know, but Patrick wanted non-alcoholic. Exactly. Yeah, non-alcoholic. I'm going almond milk in my coffee. Uh, because espresso, you're
2: done with it in the first inch of the cigar, if that. So, yeah. And uh, on your tea, are you like a British tea drinker where you put milk in your tea or you have it just tea? I don't drink a lot of tea. But when I do drink tea, just it tea. Sounds like a doseki's
0: coming. commercial. Yeah. yeah. When I do, uh, I just drink the tea. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not the most interesting man in the world, but I do have or the advice. most interesting tea drinker. Or the most interesting tea drinker. So, back to this cigar. For me, it has some of the pepper has upside and it's it's gotten even more of that balance. Absolutely. And now it's in a place where like I could smoke this again. But it is very nice. It's 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 balanced out well like and it's at that place for me where I'm enjoying it. I know that things are happening, but it's not like an overwhelming thing, which is great because it's six and a half inches. Yeah, and if if it were as strong up as it was up front all the way through, it'd be a
2: little much. Where are you strength wise? How do you feel? I I'd say this is like medium plus, but like on the low end of the plus. Yeah, I, I think that it's probably a bit deceiving, because it's so creamy. Yeah, I think it's stronger than it lets on. I did uh, I did have I, that biscuff. You did sitting you did, that's in my tummy. Very true. Very true. My berry, but. <laughs> but uh but no i i can feel it uh not on my palate not in not not when i retrohale it but i can feel it to feel uh and i did have a decent lunch so uh the fact that i can feel it uh tells me there's some there's some real strength there yeah
3: yes. ivan the peppers have subsided and uh all the wood and uh like nuts have really come out now it's balanced out nicely
0: cool so again this is my father limited edition Sorry, tenth anniversary. No. Hold on, let me. Just limited edition tenth
2: anniversary, twenty eighteen, in Roman. Well, universe. I think you is um. So they re- uh, So we need to look into this. Do they release a limited edition tenth anniversary every year? I, because they've been around more than ten years.
0: So has my father? Because they were. Los, I think this is my father's tenth anniversary, and they went by Rey de los Havanos, and they had Don Pepin cigars before that. But I think this is the tenth anniversary of the my father brand. I think could be
2: wrong it sounds sounds about right
0: yeah. um so but i what i don't know is whether there will be a 2019 of this 10th anniversary blend that i'm not sure about uh but it is a little confusing cuz there's another 15th anniversary and that's the anniversary i think maybe of just
2: their being in the business how about we have Jose Ortega because uh the people that we would normally ask yeah uh, don't speak english right. so we can't have them on the podcast However, Jose Ortega, who's their national sales manager, uh, we can have him on the show, and he speaks perfect English. So there's
0: that. Uh, so, yeah, keep, listen, keep stay tuned for that. Jose Ortega coming soon. By the way, Thomas Keller coming soon, too.
2: Yes, Which, we have to listen to it, make sure that the right. sound quality is, uh, is up to snuff. Right. But, yeah, there may be a, a little Chef Keller up in here. All right, so... Uh, before
0: we get into our word from Villiger Cigars and our parting recommendations, there is some breaking news in the science world. Eric, you brought this to our attention. Uh, we have, we're on the brink of a global crisis. Uh, the dinosaurs will be loose any minute now. Tell us what you learned.
2: <laughs> this is not. <laughs> Great setup. Yeah, this is way too much. And there you go. <laughs> way too much. No, I was listening to the uh, Wall Street Journal's "The Future of Everything" podcast, which is great, by the way, and uh, and they were talking about de extinction. And so, initially, you go de extinction. What are you talking about de extinction? And uh, turns out there is a group of people that want to use CRISPR technology to bring back extinct animals,
3: like a French fry CRISPR.
2: It isn't. It is a, a gene uh, manipulation tool, if you will. Oh. So uh, so they use this, and, and they use it to regrow organs and things of that nature. And it didn't take long for people to want to bring back extinct animals. And uh, that just sounds like a horrible idea to me. And and so they, they yeah. interviewed, on the podcast, they interviewed this guy who is uh, like the world's biggest fanboy for passenger pigeons. Which is, which is a pigeon that went extinct, that were in massive numbers. There were like billions of them in the world, and then they went extinct. Yeah. And so this guy.
3: Passenger, sorry, passenger pigeon. These are little yes, ride. Not a mess. <laughs> not, <a, laughs> not a messenger pigeon.
2: Not yeah, not a freight pigeon. It was no. a passenger pigeon.
3: <laughs> so- passenger I'm trying to.
2: Hov pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, yeah, Uh, that was, uh, yeah, technical term is the HOV pigeon. Okay. So, so yeah, these people want to bring back this pigeon uh, and a woolly mammoth. Yeah. And say, okay, and this sounds like a good idea. How can this be a good idea?
0: How long before we have woolly mammoths tilling cigar fields, cigar tobacco fields Mm. in Nicaragua? Oh.
3: Jurassic Park Hialeah, or Manawa oh, baby
2: supposedly this CRISPR technology has uh, made gene manipulation less expensive and so attainable yeah. by wackos, I guess yeah well, uh,
0: had your kids had your wife because the dinosaurs are eating everybody out here yeah
2: <laughs> so what uh, you had a you had a question, Nick, you you wanted to know what animal would you
0: bring back? And we kind of, mine is willy mammoth all the way. Yeah? I'm bringing back the willy. So, again, to work on fields in Nicaragua? Work on fields, they could get ridden. Uh, seems like they could do all kinds of useful stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I think that's the move. And also they seem like, I could be wrong, I don't know a lot about Pacifist? Them.
3: Yeah, like, with
0: a, big, less menacing in general. Like, I, I, I would rather let those loose than, like, the saber tooth. Sure. Ivan? What are you bringing back? I don't know. Saber what, what are you crisping cool? up?
3: <laughs> Saber What are you crisping cool? up like a French fry? Uh, let's see. Do we still have bald eagles? We still have them. Uh, manatees. We have them. Those, those are there right. is a a species
2: of sea cow that is extinct, but but we have sea cows. Okay. Manatees.
3: Um, dodo bird. Those the dodo good.
2: bird is extinct,
3: though. Yep. Let's get those guys back. You want? To <laughs> guys yeah, let's guys. bring sure. the dodo back. <laughs> yeah. Come on,
2: dodos. You know what's a really. Uh, Wacky animal that I'd love to see. Uh, again, just eliminating all other risks here. Uh, it's this this shark called the Helicoprion, okay. and it is a shark with a what equates to a circular saw <laughs> in front of its in front of its snout. It's amazing looking. Sounds like a terrible idea to bring back. Amazing looking. So this thing would go around. Like sawing squid in half. Oh, man.
3: This sounds like a great movie, like a Sharknado movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. yeah. Shark,
2: and shark. So they found uh, fossils of this thing. Please bring it back. And you're like, oh, that is badass. Right. So hopefully the crispers are listening
0: and we can uh, we can get some e. of these. coprian or yeah. something like that it's called. Uh, all right. Before we get into our parting recommendations, a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars.
1: Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclan and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Alano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villiger La a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. All right.
0: And like a crispy dodo bird, we are back <laughs> after that commercial break with our parting recommendations, as we do every episode. Uh, this is where we let you know some things that we think you should be watching, doing, eating, smoking, drinking, reading. Ivan, what do you got for
3: the people? Got another tool for you. Oof. Oh my god, this guy with the tools every day. It's None another stop. tool. I Can know. we get
0: your home improvement sound again?
3: What was it? Oh 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 oh. oh. There it is. Sorry, sorry. That's hey. also my uh, dinosaur. Uh, caveman <laughs> sound.
2: <laughs> uh, did you, by the way, Mister Home Improvement? Sure. You've seen Tim Allen's show?
3: Which I watched one? that on a flight a bunch what? of times. He's got a new show.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, relatively new. Uh, Last Man Standing. No. So he he basically does the Tim Allen Tool Time character, but he's like uh like the owner or or co owner of like a Bass Pro Shop like store. Nice. And uh, that's pretty funny. Again, I was on on a lot of flights, and uh, I watched that.
3: So everybody should go out and watch Last Man Standing with (laughs) Tim Allen.
2: (laughs) No, that's not going to be my recommendation, but just your tool time (laughs) voice reminded me of it.
3: Let's see. So got another tool. It's the uh, Black & Decker Handheld Wife Pleaser. I'm sorry. No, (laughs) uh, Handheld Garment Steamer. So Carmen steamer? Yes. Is this, a, this is a tool now? Yeah, not yeah, like it's not like a, a home appliance? Well. It's like a home appliance. Full disclosure here. I didn't buy it because I'm lazy and I need the iron clothes. I got it because I have some stains on my leather seats on my car, and I need to clean it up because I was going to sell my car. And I did a couple YouTube videos. So this, this will
2: come back around any second now.
3: And you can use the steamer as a leather cleaner. So... Isn't that so? Wait yeah. a second. You use a steamer as a leather cleaner. Correct. Huh. You put a microfiber towel on the on the edge of on the tip of the uh, the steamer, and then you rub it on your <laughs> shaft. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking and it, about? And it cleans your uh, <laughs> what's the name of your shark? It cleans, with the, cleans uh... your cuero. <laughs> it cleans
2: Your, your helicoprion. <laughs> your circular saw shark.
3: So I haven't done it yet, but I did try it on a shirt that was wrinkled as shit.
2: <laughs> well, that's it, what it's for. No. And, it,
3: and it worked wonders. So
2: so you're recommending it as a steamer for as a garment? As a steamer, yeah. And yeah, we'll yeah. see if you recommend it yeah. as a leather cleaner. I'll come cleaner. back
3: in whatever, a couple months, and I'll let you what know are, if what it's other held up uses,
2: or not. I, I'm liking this. What other uses does this steamer have? So
3: it also kills bed bugs in your bed. So if you're in a You whole, have bed bugs? No, I didn't buy it for that. Oh, okay. But if you did, you could also use it for that. So
2: so lug this thing with you?
3: Yeah. it's Like uh, steam
2: your pillows before you go to sure, bed there? Sure, whatever and, you uh, want. No, you can
3: no. steam drapes in your house. You can steam all sorts of stuff just to sanitize them. So yeah, it can be used for that.
2: All right, well, there 40, you have it. 45 bucks. 45 bucks later, yep. you are fully sanitized. Yes, sir. And you're leather cleaned. Huh. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps>
0: Uh, so my recommendation there, this has been covered in a bunch of places, uh, but I'm recommending an article. It is an opinion piece from the wall street journal. If you Google fake news comes to academia, have you guys heard the story of these three academics who pulled what is being called by some the greatest hoax in academia?
1: Tell me
3: more.
0: So these three academics, uh, from different disciplines, but they're all like respected Academics.
3: Academics is a professor?
0: Yeah, professor, researcher. I think all three do work in universities. Okay. Um, But uh, they, for something like 10 or 18 months. uh, (laughs) There's
3: the sound. (laughs) There's
0: the sound we were looking for. (laughs) Uh, For something like 10 or 18 months, these three people. In an effort to expose what they saw as uh, a problem of a field that they've termed grievance studies, so all like the social justice that's injected into supposedly like scientific research, just started inventing academic papers and trying to get like totally bogus acad- uh, research and trying to get it published. So I would recommend reading this fake news comes to academia piece. Uh, and it is a super interesting uh, overview, although this is an opinion piece, but it gives you an overview of what they were doing. Uh, Because the piece is sort of long, I will read a little bit from another piece about this, because it does a better job of sort of condensing some examples of what they did. So uh, this is from a piece in Newsweek. Uh, So what were the papers? Well, first, there was going in through the back door, challenging the straight male homo-hysteria, trans-hysteria, and transphobia through receptive penetrative sex toy use. This masterpiece appeared in Sexuality and Culture. So these things were published in respected journals. The authors were, uh, sorry, uh, its thesis was that straight men should be is is anally penetrated, a safe phrase for this podcast oh my God. by sex toys. Get this in order to become more receptive of feminism and transgenderism, and to fight rape culture. Isn't that next one's my favorite?
2: Does this have anything to do with Kavanaugh? It may very <laughs>
0: well. I mean, there is a you know there is a through line there. No, um, then there was. Quote, human reactions to rape culture and queer performativity at urban dog parks in Portland, Oregon. As published in the journal Gender, Place, and Culture, this article theorized that heteronormativity was underscored by watching dogs have sex with each other. The piece received an award for excellence. Wow. Pretty awesome. And this is also great. Perhaps more to your taste would be the the paper, Who Are They to Judge?, overcoming anthropometry and a framework for fat published in fat studies in which the authors argued that fat bodybuilding should be pursued so this is great and these three professors supposedly are coming out with a, a documentary that they had somebody produce through this whole process yeah. but they basically like the academic world is like coming to a netflix near you yeah 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 so uh but check out that that article fake news comes to academia uh it's I think, both hilarious and concerning because it's like there's this whole generation of people in universities that are like, you know, the journals that their professors are editing and peer-reviewing and they're letting this kind of stuff through. Uh, So it's a a very interesting little phenomenon, and it'll be interesting to see, like... When you think of, like, all the things that you see on the news, of like, oh, a study says. Yeah. These are the sorts of things that get through the screeners and the the reviewers of the journals that publish those a study says studies. Uh, So anyway... Check that out. And also, because I mentioned it earlier, uh, the tea, I had tea at Jojo Tea's Tea Room. So Jojo is J-O-J-O. You can find them at uh, sipjojo.com. Uh, you can buy tea online and all that good stuff. But at most of like the like more hipstery coffee houses in Miami and also some nice restaurants, uh, I think Ariette serves Jojo Tea. Uh, yes. You can find Jojo products. But uh, if you're in Miami, you can go to their website and set up a... Uh, a session doing like a tea tasting. And it's super interesting. Um, especially if you're a cigar nerd and you're into that whole, like learning about the fermentation and all the aging processes and all that stuff. There's there's a lot of overlap
2: that I would never have guessed uh, there would be. So uh, I was on a plane for a large part of last week and I watched, uh, cr- crisscrossing the country. So I watched a shit ton of movies and uh, I had this one instance where we were going through some tr- turbulence, uh, and I was watching the Cloverfield paradox. Have you seen this? No. You ever heard of this? You heard of the Cloverfield? Yeah. So it's like where uh, beasts from like another dimension come into our dimension. Uh uh-huh. And so this movie, I think, gives you like a, a prequel to that, like how these beasts got here. Okay. But I had no idea. Okay. I had no idea what this whole. I didn't. I didn't watch the first one. So, I watched Cloverfield Paradox thinking it was like a space movie because most of it takes place in space. And so, I'm watching it like a serious movie. And then in the end, these fucking gigantic beasts appear. And uh, it was like, so this is not a recommendation as much, of, uh, as much as it is a don't be fooled by this. Yeah. Because it is not a serious movie. Although, everything about it, 99% of it looks serious. And then, like <laughs> I, I don't want to give it away, but this giant beast no, comes out of nowhere. You can
3: give it away. Nobody's watching it.
2: I, I, oh my I, god! I haven't watched this. Oh no, this is like right <laughs> up Nick's alley. But it's such an investment because you're thinking it's serious, and then, and then the like the capsule falls from the sky. These people have just saved Earth, and then they're coming back down. To Earth. The last two people left in this, in this, uh, in this ship, they come back down to Earth and only to be eaten by this fucking giant monster. <laughs> that entire movie was a waste of time. So anyway, don't watch the paradox, the Cloverfield paradox. It is a hellacious waste of time. By the way, the, the one thing that was interesting, though, was going through the turbulence yeah. as their ship is falling apart and breaking into pieces uh, made for that turbulence. I'm, I'm listening to it on my Beats headphones, and it sounds really good. And uh, and then the plane starts shaking, and the movie, everything's shaking and breaking apart. That was, uh, that was the only fun part about the movie, mm. was feeling like, uh, like you were about to die. Mm. So uh, normally this is where we would wrap up, but it occurred to me halfway
0: through recording this that we should probably bring up, as we are recording this, the pant handle's getting hit by Hurricane Michael. Yep. Uh, and if the pictures that I've seen, you know, because we've been prepping for this podcast, and so that, if the pictures that I've seen are actually from this storm pretty nasty uh and i imagine that at some point soon whether on social media or in the next episode of the podcast we'll be dropping some mentions of i don't know things that people can do or updates on what that situation is yep. uh because it is looking pretty nasty
2: uh and man, i'm thinking of uh of my buddy marvin uh holthauser up in uh, harbor cigars in Destin. Yeah. so i hope i hope those guys are good yeah yeah so uh and sp- And what I was going to say, you know speaking of
0: of cigar shops in the area if if the storms that hit Houston or New Orleans or Puerto Rico or any indication, the cigar shops will be among the first businesses to reopen they usually are yeah and to serve as sort of a hub for some of the people who are working on relief stuff there, especially you know if I mean you can imagine if if you've ever wanted a cigar after a rough day uh the, the hankering is strong when people are dealing with the aftermath of a hurricane and, and trying to rebuild and all that. So there's always a demand and the cigar shops become a hub. So, uh, if yeah, right. Like cigar house in uh, Puerto Rico, cigar house in Puerto it's Rico, one of the first businesses to cigar open up factory in New Orleans yep. was after Katrina cigar factory, in New Orleans was like the hangout for all the national guard guys and all that. So, uh, so yeah, keep an eye out, uh, whether through us or following the red cross or whatever it is that you follow, uh, Keep an eye out for for ways to to help in the wake of Hurricane Michael. Uh with that, if the uh if the sharks don't get you, the woolly mammoth will. Uh, and the Cloverfield Paradox. And the Cloverfield Paradox beasts will come for you, so you might as well keep listening to the Cigar Snub
2: podcast. Yep. While you wait for your Death by Shark. Impending doom. All right. Have next fun time. with that. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, later. Take See care. Ya.
1: Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclan and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Alano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villager La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker.